Patience is something that you're keen on at this point in your life. You know, how, how do you developing feel about patience now is a priority to me. But I, I think life is engineered mm -hmm. by someone, by some power, to make that happen. As you get older, you can either become miserable and cranky and uh, an old man, or you can embrace patience. You know that commercial that's out now where they say you're turning into your parents with that guy? He's in the airport with the people and he, the people are turning into their parents. They want to bring snacks on the plane. They want to know when they're taking off, all that stuff. You can become that, but why would you become that? You've seen your parents do that. If your goal is to be the better person that you can be, you're going to embrace patience because there's a world of stuff you can't do anything about. The line at the coffee shop, the traffic on the way to work, that you know, settle into the fact that there are things you cannot control. But the fact that a matter in in the line at a coffee shop, you can meditate. In the line at a coffee shop, you could say hello to somebody. In the line of the coffee shop, you can do positive things, or you could take the easy way out and say this sucks. Why don't they have more people behind the counter? And assume you could run a better company than Starbucks. Have you seen how many people on the line at Starbucks are convinced they could run a better Starbucks? Starbucks yeah. is doing pretty well. Yeah, okay, and by the way, if you can run a better Starbucks, have at it. You're in the right country to do it. But people work on developing their bitching muscle rather than developing their patience muscle. I found an interesting thing recently that if I want to develop my patience, I have to develop a landscape in which I'm likely to remain patient. What I mean by that is the work environment now, we had some recent changes. Mm -hmm. This is a much more patience-feeding environment than we had two weeks ago. And as the older guy of the group, it's kind of my job to maintain this, to give us a good place to grow where everybody's working together, where patience is appreciated. Patience is built in. It's required. And if you're being patient, you're not getting angry. So to me, it's something few people talk about, the benefits of being patient. Mm -hmm. They outweigh the benefits of trying to create a new Starbucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm built to rush. I'm built to do things quickly. That's how I was taught. Patience is a vacation. People tend to overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. How does that reflect uh, in your own life? My biggest term of prosperity was generated from not caring what I do in a decade. Decades a huge plan to me. Right. And the other thing that I've learned is using your today to the best of your ability is the only thing you can do. And frankly, even recently, I had uh, COVID and then I wasn't feeling great. And I definitely gave up some days that went out at 65%. That's a bad thing. You know, you're here, you're energized, you, you have a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of willpower to get things done and things, goals you want to achieve. Do the best you can with today. Treat people the way you want to be treated and aspire to what you like 
But I will tell you one thing I've learned from the universe. It's not on my timeline. It's not on my timeline. There's so much going on in this world. It's on a greater timeline than I know about. What can I do to improve my timeline? The best that I can. You know, the, the best that I can wraps in your other question. Can I get frustrated when stuff doesn't go my way? I would be more productive if I learned patience. Mm -hmm. And it's about being productive. It's a, I, I heard somebody say the other day, and I don't know who it is, it doesn't much matter, that the most valuable commodity we have as people on this planet is time. Because you don't ha know how much time you have left. And I totally disagree. Mm -hmm. The most valuable commodity we have as people on this planet is energy. My mom died of Alzheimer's and they gave her way more time than she needed. Mm -hmm. She had time, but she had no energy and no faculty to use that time. And people say time is going to do it for them. You don't know how much time you have. It's the energy you have today that wasting that is a crime. Not utilizing that is a crime. Time passes every day and the energy you have, God willing, you continue to have a high level of energy and you can perform. If my energy level dips to a certain level, mm -hmm. I frankly don't want time. And we've spoke about that. Right. You know, I get to the point where my mom was, where I start forgetting names and forgetting things. I hope by the time I would get there, if I'm going to get there, that I would have an option to opt out and move on. I have to tell you, I feel badly. I feel less than Scott Soprina when I'm not using my energy properly. How do you feel about the saying, time is money, then? <laughs> you know, do you think there's any truth to that? Uh, if you're paid by the hour, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're paid by the hour, then time is money. If you're not paid by the hour, then I would say free thought, uh, an ability to think what people call outside the box. I don't even know what that means. An ability to have your own mind and harness a greater power that is within you than calculation. Anybody can calculate. You can pick up a, a machine can calculate. Mm -hmm. I, I can have, hey, you're an accountant. I can have a calculator on my desk that could do all the math you could do. Mm -hmm. But can it connect the tax advantages and disadvantages that you know about without extensive programming and whatever, whatever, and the percentages of do it or don't do it mm -hmm. and all of that? No, that's thought. I have a grandson. Well, I'm sure. Maybe I should start counting. I should carry a baseball clicker and count. Mm -hmm. How many times in his life he asked me why or how come? Or He's at that age. Why? He's get, he's why? 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 <laughs> I was at that age. Yeah. And people got fed up with answering me. <laughs> yeah. That's a quick... Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that, why not? Yeah. Well, the real... Good. It, it is why not, but you have to teach that kid. You know? And the kids ask... The kid's saying back to you, the why is created because the kid feels why not. How come it's that way? And probably for a lot of screwed up reasons, most of this stuff is the way it is. But it doesn't have to be. And that's what I want to teach my grandkids. And that's, you know... That's, that's where freedom lies. That's, that's where really being your own person lies. I think curiosity is important. It's an important trait. Um, I don't think everyone has it. Oh, I think everyone has it. I think a lot of people suppress it. And I think more important is imagination. Imagination leads you to believe that the why is wrong. Mm -hmm. 
imagination leads you to believe that this can happen when everybody tells you it can happen. Imagination is why I continue with Verloom to get it to perfection. Mm -hmm. I've hit so many walls with Verloom that most people would have walked away. But I know I can do it. Yeah. And whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. <laughs> and the, the problem with the simple sayings and to get to the sayings on the furniture and the spiritual commentary and all of that is that the sayings are so simple, people don't think about what they're saying. They, you know, the wisdom of the ages, check that out. It's called wisdom of the ages. No one listens to it. So it's actually the avoided wisdom of the ages. Mm -hmm. No one listens to it, you know. And, and I think it would be a wonderful thing if we could get people to sit down, relax, and put some thought into why these sayings are so enduring. And most of it is because people go through a bunch of shit in life and then they see a saying that reminds them of the shit. Wouldn't it be nice if they could value that saying before they went through the shit? If they could take the wisdom, garner it, and make a right instead of going straight into the shit. Avoid it because they learned something. Yeah, rather than saying, oh, I really relate to that. I love this That's quote. what happened to me two years ago when I lost everything. Now it makes perfect now, sense. Now I'm going to make it my Instagram <laughs> bio quote. Yeah, it, it's... Hey, um, it, you know, people with problems, people who have been through horrific scenarios rarely want to share that information. Mm -hmm. Got, you know, guys who've gone through bankruptcy, lost their homes, lost their business, yeah, really rarely want to tell somebody, hey, come closer, let me tell you how stupid I was. But why not? Because you have to take a chance in order to get there. And well, no, the why not humility. sharing is, is probably pride. Humility, you know, right? Or if they're missing it. They're, look, if, if you've gone through any of these seriously painful things, losing a home or, or anything, the death of a child or anything, mm -hmm. sharing it and bringing your wisdom to somebody in the same experience is the most cathartic thing you can do. And it brings value to your bad experience. I was yeah. mentored by a guy who one of the reasons he mentored me was he had to go to work and go overseas rather than hang out with his family many times in his career. Mm -hmm. And he thought it would be nice to get something back for that knowledge. Yeah. And the way he got it back is to share it with me. But that doesn't bring back his family contact. That doesn't put him at his kid's graduation. That doesn't do that. But it yeah. does what you can best do. Just like me sharing the experience of losing a home and losing a business doesn't replace the home and the business. Right. It just brings value to the bad experience. Bad experiences have value. Look, I will tell you today, had Scott Saprina not lost his business, lost his home, and had a wonderful wife stick with him, he would not be the smiling Scott Soprina you see before you today. At the time, that seemed like the most horrific thing that could happen. When in fact, it was the education that I needed. That doesn't say much about who I was, <laughs> that I couldn't educate me any other way than beat me in the head with a baseball bat. But some people need it that way. That's the truth. It's valuable. That's the truth. That's what I needed. There, there's a different education when you go to college and you learn about the way that it's supposed to be when you learn about the idea that if you're in business and this happens, do this. Mm -hmm. Then if you're in business and that happens and you do the wrong thing and it affects your ability to pay your rent, the latter is a better education. 
but it's costly, you know, and, yeah. and you can get hurt. So college is a nice testing ground and a proving ground, but I'm sure there's guys who graduate Harvard with a degree in business and get into the real world and choke because of the reality of the real, real world. Right. And I'm sure there's guys who don't go to Harvard that apply themselves to business, learn from experience, and exceed past everybody. Doing something and living through it provides wisdom. Going to school and hearing about it provides education. The act of doing it derives wisdom. Mm -hmm. The act of hearing about it, talking about it, hypotheticals derives education. So they're different. All of us here in this room, um, we can be considered underdogs. These things are kind of new to you. The, the technology, the products that you're developing, aside from the hitch and sit that involves seats, but more specifically the Verilum, is that a motivating factor for you? To be an underdog means that I'm taking the outside world's opinion of what I'm doing and I'm putting a value to it. Mm -hmm. That someone else has evaluated me as an underdog. For me, I don't like the word underdog so much, but I know... I like a good comeback. I like when everybody thinks you're out and you're down and you lost your business and you lost your home and you are never coming back. Right, you got that I, chip on your shoulder. I love a Rocky Balboa. I, I'm down with that whole thing. Yeah. I, I am down, <laughs> down with all of that. But It makes for a good story. But then follow this part of the story. This podcast, the new business, working with you guys, is an aspiration to prove out a theory that if you do things for the right reason, you apply yourself consistently, you treat people the right way, that you will flourish. So if that's what I believe, I can't really be the underdog because I have the highest power in the world on my side. I'm not an underdog. I may be an unproven commodity in this direction right now. Mm -hmm. But to me, I don't need anybody to say, well, look at him, he's an underdog. It's, I'm no more an underdog than the guy who is a professional podcaster and gets up there and does it. Mm -hmm. You either do it right and you recognize you have some product to deliver or you don't. What you would know? you say to people who may say that, you know, you're doing some of these things because you're more interested in the end result than actually doing the, the good deeds themselves? What if somebody decided that their good fortune was good enough? And they actually aspired to make more fortune to help more people appreciate what a life can be as long as those people are going to treat other people the same way. What if that was the reality? The only way to prove that is to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, when Verloom becomes successful, if Scott Saprina is the sole holder of the stock and the people working in the business are not, quote unquote, overpaid for their jobs and they're not taking profit sharing that everybody would aspire to take, mm -hmm. and we're not donating 25% of our profits to charity, then they can think that way. But if right. they think that way now, I don't care. I can't stop people from thinking away. They can think whatever they want. The, the truth is the truth. Right. You know, when, when we make money, what we do with the money will define were they right or was I telling the truth. But again, what I'll say about you asking that question shows that you are younger than me because you still have a concern. You give a shit about what they think. When, to me, I can't put my energy there. I yeah. can't, you know, I understand that there are people out there that will be haters, but... Right. Uh, many. Who, There's many. That's the way it is now. Um, well, I guess it might have always been that way, but... Well, wait a second. I it's, just it's, said energy is your most valuable commodity. If you are a hater who's putting your energy into hating... That can bring you no benefit. 
I don't mind being hated. I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I could read it and I don't even care. Right. You know, I look, look, if you are answering to the camera or to the web or to the critics or to anybody else, you're not living your life. Answer yeah. to you. The less I, concern that I can have about what you think of me and the more truthful I can be about my evaluation of myself and whether I'm living up to the person I want to be, the happier I can become. I think there's a lot of people who, who want to spread their knowledge and uh, they're afraid about what other people think, you know, and it, how, I, they may, how they may be perceived. And well, I'm, I'm going to jump uh, in because I want to be clear. I'm not spreading my knowledge. I'm wisdom. spreading other people's knowledge. This is wisdom that's been on the planet forever. And what is unbelievable to me is the vast amount of people are missing it. And that's what, it's my experience. Now you try it out, like Buddhism. Buddhism has a bunch of edicts and rules that it says, Buddha said, try it out. If it doesn't work for you, don't use it. But this is not Scott Saprina's wisdom. I don't have a brand of wisdom. I'm not selling you that. I read books all the time. I'm reading a book right now where I think 70% of it is right on and I think 30% of it is total bullshit, so I won't mention who it is. But I think 30% of it is designed so you have to buy his next book. If you have discovered the secret to being happy and prosperous, why the hell do I need you to buy my next book? It's not the book you're reading? Yeah, and I have a hard time with it because I read 70% of it that I believe and 30% of it is... Marketing. <laughs> it's not even marketing. It's, it's a tainted philosophy which he's trying to spread. This well, particular book says, hey, listen, people who tell you you should be a good person or you should live up to certain morality or you should be the best person you could be in order to have the success that the universe will assist you with, I believe that. If you leave that out of your book and make it a book that, hey, Mr. Scumbag, you want everything you want, follow these rules and this book will work for you too, you're selling books. I think that your message must be complete. And I believe, for me, I've lived it. When you're treating people the way you want to be treated, the universe conspires to assist you in moving forward, probably because God or a power is taking care of everybody. And if you're willing to help them, he'll help you. Mm -hmm. So if the only person you're interested in taking care of is you, you're not as big a benefit to the rest of the group as somebody who's looking after everybody. And not that you can look after everybody, but mm -hmm. you can do your part to look after your neighborhood, if you will, or aspire to do greater things or just to get the word out. So, you know, it's not about his book sales. It's not about anything. It's just the fact that that part of the book is left out because there are guys doing business right now who will hear me and go, what a schmuck. It doesn't matter to me, but there are guys out there going, oh, so he's telling me if I offered him this price for this, uh, he'd tell me, you know, you're not charging me enough money to do that work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would, because I've been blessed. I don't have to worry about the nickels and the dimes, but most contractors out there, and I'll say it to most contractors starting up in a business, your price is too low <laughs> because you're a bit desperate. And if you have a low price, you'll never make enough money to survive. So forget the low price, give them quality. That's what we do here at the podcast. 
Sending you all love. See you next time.